Push. Ugh, this hurts too much. Just push. Keep going, honey. It's going to be all right. Shut up. This is all your fault. My dad hugged me as we watched in horror. My mom was giving birth to my baby sister, and I don't know whose idea it was to let me in the delivery room, but there I was. Seven-year-old girl who received a rude awakening because she seriously believed that babies grew in cabbage patches. After some more screaming and hurling horrible expletives at my dad, my baby sister Miriam was born. She was covered in goo and yucky stuff, but when they cleaned her up, I thought she was the cutest person I'd seen in my life. It's too bad I didn't think like that forever. Keep watching to find out how she completely ruined my life. Before she was born, I was mommy and daddy's little princess. I was an only child, so the world revolved around me. They bought me the best clothes and toys and let me have almost everything I wanted. I went to the best schools and they tried to get me involved in almost every single extracurricular activity. When I was three years old, I was enrolled in gymnastics, ballet, and piano. I also had a private language tutor and a lady who'd come to teach me how to paint every Saturday. But it seemed like I sucked at everything. In gymnastics and ballet, it was kind of like I had two left feet, and I had no sense of rhythm in piano class. I could never remember my scales, and no matter how many times my teacher tried to teach me a song, I could never play it properly. I couldn't read music no matter how hard I tried. I couldn't paint either, and the only language I could speak was English. Eventually, my parents stopped all of my extracurricular activities and just let me stay at home to play with my toys. I thought they did this because they really loved me and didn't want me to be miserable. Apparently, they'd just given up. Decided I was useless and stopped trying to help me develop any talent. Because maybe I just didn't have a talent. And then one day my mom announced to my dad that she was pregnant. They looked so happy and I joined in their happiness not knowing that this new baby would make everything different for me. A few days after my mom's very difficult delivery, my sister Miriam was brought home. It seems like we were all equally obsessed with her. We were always fighting to hold her, play with her and feed her. My mom also hired an extra nanny to help with her so that she could take a break sometimes. So really, I liked my little sister in the beginning. Then I realized she was a bit smarter than the other babies. She could speak almost perfectly when she was only about a one and a half. She wasn't annoying like other babies who always fussed all of the time. And she said nice things to me. Frida, you're so pretty. Frida, I want to be just like you. But when she was three, my parents enrolled her in all of the extracurricular activities. The same things I used to do when I was her age. This was when I realized that there was a huge difference between the two of us. She was absolutely brilliant at everything. Every single thing. In gymnastics, she was at the top of her group and always won gold medals. In ballet, she was always given the lead role and was sent into the class with the older students because she was so advanced. By the time she was five, she could play some of the most difficult classical pieces on the piano. And her art? Wow. It was honestly unreal. Ordinary five-year-olds could not paint and sketch as perfectly as she did. I don't think university-level art students were that good. My parents also decided to homeschool her because they thought she was too brilliant to attend ordinary school. They brought in different teachers on different days of the week and they were able to teach her at her level. By the time she was six, she could speak five different languages fluently. 
English, Spanish, Japanese, Mandarin Chinese, and German. This was also when my parents became overly obsessed with her, and it seemed like they forgot all about me. It was always Miriam this and Miriam that. I felt a bit sad, but I was happy for my sister. Maybe she'd become filthy rich someday, and I could just have her take care of me. I thought. But over time, it started to hurt more and more. Like this time, my science teacher organized a hike through the forest to examine different plant species. There were about 20 of us, and the beginning was thrilling. It was amazing to be around so much green, as I was so accustomed to being in the city all the time. But I'm a really slow hiker, and our guides left me behind everyone else. At one point, I remember being distracted by a very colorful butterfly. I started chasing it for a while, and then it flew up so high it was like it disappeared into thin air. I looked around and realized I'd lost everyone. I tried to retrace my steps, but it was impossible. Hello? Is anyone around? Can anyone hear me? Help! I'm lost. But no voices answered. I sat on a rock and started to cry. And when I got tired of crying, I looked for more butterflies. And then I started crying again when I realized that no one was coming to find me. And it was starting to get dark. After a few hours, I was sitting alone in the darkness. I closed my eyes because all of the noises in the forest were scary. Then suddenly, I heard some voices and saw some little lights. At first, I thought that maybe they were wild animals, but I realized they were people. Help! Help! I screamed. The lights came closer, and a kind-looking man took my hand and said, "Are you Frida?" Yes, I'm so scared. It's okay now. We'll bring you home. We're firefighters, and we've been looking for you for a while. I'm so glad we found you. He carried me to the rest of the group and brought me back to the place where the bus had stopped before we began our hike into the forest. My science teacher was still there, and I guessed that all my classmates had gone home already. Oh my gosh, Frida! I was so worried about you. I'm sorry we didn't keep a better eye on you. It's okay. Where are my mom and dad? Well, what? Where are they? Well, when I called them and explained the situation, they told me that your sister had a very important piano recital tonight, and they weren't willing to miss it. They didn't care. Well, I wouldn't say they knew I was lost in the forest, and they didn't even care. They just went to Miriam's piano recital instead. I broke down into tears. I cried more than I had cried when I was all alone in the darkness in the forest. The firefighters and my science teacher took me home. When I got there, I walked through the door, and my parents were sitting with Miriam at the dinner table. It looked like they were having a celebration. There was cake, balloons, and ice cream even. What's going on? Miriam did so well at her recital tonight. She was invited to be a guest on a popular talk show. This is great. She's going to be famous. Did no one care that I was lost in the forest? Someone would find you eventually. Don't take it personally. Now go wash up and come and eat your dinner. I marched to my room and refused to come out for the rest of the night, even though I was starving. I was angry for the rest of the week, but my parents didn't seem to care at all. So I decided a new tactic to get their attention. I'd always been a well-behaved student, and all my teachers loved me. I had some pretty nice friends too. But my new strategy would cause all of that to change. I was determined to become the most horrible, most disgusting student at school, so that my parents would have to come in all the time. I wanted to embarrass them and make them feel terrible. I started very mildly in geography class one afternoon. So, Frida, can you tell us what the capital of South Africa is? 
Why don't you open up the darn textbook and find the answer yourself? Frida! What? That behavior is uncalled for. Go to the principal's office. Anything to get out of this boring class. My classmate's mouth dropped. I laughed and waltzed to the principal's office. I sat there for a while until my teacher came and called me inside. We sat with the principal who said he wouldn't call my parents because it was the first time I'd ever done something like this. Principal Roberts, don't you think my parents should know about this? I think that just a detention is enough for now. Go back to class and be a good girl, okay? I realized I'd have to try a little harder. When I got home that afternoon, I sat in my room to brainstorm. I needed the right look to go with my new attitude. I threw out all of my colorful clothes and ripped a few holes in my black jeans. The next morning, I looked totally gone. I was a completely different person. I walked out of the house to catch the bus and my parents didn't even notice that I changed. For the next month, I gave as much trouble as I could. I was rude to teachers, refused to do my homework, and even started pushing little kids around hoping they'd tell their teachers so that mine would call my parents. What eventually did the trick was when I poured a bottle of dishwashing liquid in the hallway before lunchtime one day. When everyone came rushing out of the class to go to the cafeteria, they all slipped and fell on top of each other. It was hilarious. Principal Roberts came storming out of his office. Who is responsible for this? Me, I shouted happily. He called me into his office and called my parents right away. They arrived after a few minutes looking confused. What is this about? I have to pick up Miriam in 10 minutes. Your daughter has changed. She's become one of our most challenging students and we need your help. What did she do? The principal told them everything and they looked at me like they were disappointed. Yes, it's working, I thought. We will deal with you at home. Let's leave. We left school and although my parents were upset, I was happy because at least I made them feel something. But you know what? We went to pick up Miriam and they asked her what she wanted for dinner and they forgot all about me. They didn't even give me a lecture or anything. What rubbish. I was so angry. When I got home, I went upstairs and locked myself in my room. Maybe I'd have to do something more drastic. Maybe I could run away. But they probably won't notice. And then it came to me. I was going to burn the house down. Yes, you heard that right. I was going to burn my own house and I was going to do it that same night. When I thought that everyone was asleep, I went downstairs and threw a few pieces of newspaper on the kitchen floor. Then I found every flammable substance I could find and poured it all over everything. After that, I lit a match and watched the blaze. I realized I'd have to leave quickly, but I'd forgotten my backpack upstairs in my room. I ran back upstairs to get it and as I passed my parents' room, I could hear them speaking. We have to give her back to the lab. That was the deal. But she's our daughter. I know, but we signed a contract. Yes, but Mariam is still a part of us. A deal is a deal. We agreed to be a part of this experiment, to see if her cells could be altered before birth so that she could be smarter than everyone else. The deal was that we had to give her back now. Fine, we'll give her back tomorrow. Too bad we'll be stuck with Frida. Wish we could give her back to the lab instead. I couldn't believe my ears. So that's what it was all along. That's why she was so smart. But still, did they have to hate me? I started smelling the smoke from downstairs and realized I had to get out quickly. I got my backpack and was about to run down the stairs alone when I thought of Miriam's cute little smile when she was a baby. I couldn't leave her there. 
We both had to run, and I don't know where we were going to go, but we had to leave. I went into her room, shook her awake lightly, and told her that we had to leave. She changed her clothes and followed me without asking questions. We ran down the stairs, and just as we opened the front door, the smoke detector went off. We ran to the bushes across the road, and I told Miriam what I'd heard our parents saying. Where are we going to go? I don't know, but I'll make sure you aren't taken to the lab, that's for sure. We've been on the run since then. We've traveled far enough so that no one recognizes us, and right now, we live with a kind old lady who has this little cottage in the countryside. She really seems to think that we're her grandchildren, and she treats us very kindly. Oh yeah, and I'm sure you want to know what happened to our parents. Their house was partially burnt. The firefighters managed to save a piece of it, but they haven't been looking for us, and I'm not really sure why. But who cares?